Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number where you can be uh, calling in and, and being a part of Calvary Live. You are listening to Calvary Live. Good afternoon, everyone. The number for you to call is 303-690-3000. I will be your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figs. And I am the senior pastor of Calvary Greeley up here in northern Colorado. So glad that you're tuned in today to our program, Calvary Live, where you get to call in and you get to ask questions, maybe a question about the Bible or Christian living or current events, uh, what should our worldview as Christians should be. Maybe you have a prayer request. So you heard that number, 303-690-3000. So it's always good to grab one of those lines early in the show. We have all open lines right now. We'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. There is another means for you to be able to ask a question or give uh, a prayer request, and that is through a dedicated text line, and that number is 720 0897. And I would encourage you, if you're a regular listener to Calvary Live, that you would put those numbers in your contacts, in your favorites, and then you can just pull it up and give us a call or text us. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. That works anywhere in the country. And so we want to welcome all of you that are listening today. Grace FM listeners all along the Front Range in Colorado and Pueblo and Colorado Springs, uh, up to Monument, and then uh, in northern Colorado, the metro area, of course, of Denver, all the way up through Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley, into southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie, uh, even in parts of the panhandle of Nebraska. We want to welcome you as you're listening live and so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And then also want to welcome all the listeners on the East Coast on Truth FM and Hope FM. You too can call at 303-690-3000 and be on the show. You are a week delayed, but I also know that many of you are listening uh, online and you're listening live. Uh, our online listeners um, is growing all the time. So anywhere in the country, give me a call at 303-690-3000 and welcome all of you. It's such a blessing to be a part of your lives as we get to talk about the things of the Lord, as we get to go to God's Word, which gives us truth, absolute truth, uh, as we get to pray for one another. Uh, it really is a, a blessing to be able to do that, and I hope that I can be an encouragement and help to you on today's program. So uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us. A couple of quick announcements was we're waiting for uh, the phone lines to ring. And so grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000. Is if you are listening on Grace FM and listening uh, live today on this Tuesday, next week on June the 3rd, it's hard to believe that it's going to be June, especially uh, with the weather that we've been having a week ago. Uh, today we had snow. 
and uh, it's been rainy and cold, so uh, we're waiting for summer to arrive here in Colorado, but it's been wet all throughout the uh, country, and and we need to be in prayer for all of that. I got a prayer request from somebody in our fellowship. This is farm country up here, and uh, it's been hard. Hail has uh, come and done some damage uh, to the corn that's just starting to come up. Uh, also, a lot of rain and some uh, very wet areas and flooded areas. We have a lot of snow up in the mountains that need to melt, and that's a concern that the rivers are going to swell up. Uh, they're supposed to get more snow even tonight. Uh, so uh, we need to be in prayer for those who work the land. And all throughout the Midwest, uh, it is flooding, and uh, it's been hard for the farmers to get into their fields. So we want to keep them all in prayer. And, of course, the terrible tornadoes that we've heard about in Oklahoma and throughout Missouri and Ohio and parts of the Midwest, uh, we want to lift that all up in prayer as well, those who have suffered loss and lost their homes and uh, those who are experiencing the flooding out there. But we do want to um, to uh, not only pray for that, but be an encouragement to you as well uh, during this time. But here in northern Colorado, a week from uh, uh, actually today, starting on Monday, the 3rd of June through Wednesday, the 5th, we are having a park outreach, a vacation Bible school outreach at Island Grove Park. Those of you in the Greeley area, you know where Island Grove Park is. It's the main park here in Greeley, a large park where the Greeley Stampede takes place. And uh, so we invite you to bring your kids out. It's from 930 to noon and to the park outreach where they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to have Bible study. The theme this year is Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13, as the kids are going to be hearing about how uh, God uh, hears them and he has a plan for them and that uh, God thinks about them constantly, just those wonderful truths that are in those verses. And so we'd love to minister to your children. Uh, you can register at the church or you can register online, calvarychapelgreeley.com. But we'd love to see you and invite others to come out uh, as we reach out uh, to this community. So looking forward to that next week, June the 3rd through the 5th, 9.30 to noon, uh, the Vacation Bible School Park Outreach at Island Grove Park. Love to see you there. Bring your kids. I know they're going to be tremendously blessed. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, we're going to continue this summer as we are entering into the summer season uh, through the book of Revelation. So we're going to start chapter 6 on Wednesday night, and uh, we're going to be looking at that period of time called the tribulation period and all the things that will be taking place. It's the most documented period of time. I don't know if you knew that, that we have in the Bible. And so very important Bible study as we're in the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel. We have a place for all the kids and for the youth. Come join us at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So looking forward to all the things that are taking place here. But give me a call. We do have an open line, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let me, let me give you quickly that text line at 720-336-0897. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. Let's go to Mary in Loveland. Mary? Mary? Mary, are you there from Loving? You had a question. So, Mary, I don't know if you dropped or we lost you, but I'd love for you to call back and to be able to talk to you um, 
about what your question is. Mary, are you there? I heard a click. Okay. Mary, give me a call back if you're listening. Love to talk to you. And I think you uh, are asking a very important question about marriage and divorce. And I'd love to take you to the Word of God and uh, to uh, to give you what God's Word has to say. But let's go to Bianca on line two. Hi. Hi, Bianca. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, Bianca. It's good to hear from you. Well, I was reading this passage of Scripture, and I heard different interpretations of what it means. I don't know if any of are correct, just because I don't know if any of these sources are reliable, but it's in Isaiah 49.12. Okay. I was Maybe. just wondering what you understand from that verse. Yeah, and in chapter 49, we move into a chapter where um, Isaiah is prophesying, and he's speaking about, uh, you know, the Prince of Peace from actually chapters 49 through 53. And um, it moves to the servant, the light of the Gentiles. It it starts to talk about in that section as you move through those chapters about the suffering Messiah. And uh, as we read verse 12, I'll read it uh, for the sake of the readers, that surely these shall come from afar. Look, those from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sunaim. And Mm -hmm. so is that the verse that you're you're thinking about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the main message is people are going to come hear the gospel of um, message. As you know, Isaiah talks about that. That was something that was kind of foreign, especially when Jesus came, and because the Jews thought at that time that salvation was just for them. Even in the early church, they had a hard time when Peter went to the house of Cornelius and he gave the gospel. It tells us right after that that he went back to Jerusalem, and they were astonished that he went into the home of a Gentile. And and Peter began to explain to them that, hey, that uh, the gospel is spreading now. Cornelius, of course, in Caesarea was that, uh, that Roman centurion, and his household got saved. So they had a hard time understanding that, even though that uh, the Messiah, the, the coming of Messiah was to come, uh, as a light to the Gentiles as well. And you can read it uh, in that, um, that, yes, he was to come to be the Messiah from Israel, but that he was to bring that light to all the nations. And uh, so in, mm-hmm. in verse 13, he, it says, Sing, O heavens, O joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. So, uh, he talks about, in this section, about coming to the Gentiles. Now, uh, in verse 12, where it says, um, sign them, we're not really sure where that is. Um, there have been some commentators that have suggested that maybe it's that area over in the Far East, but it's an <laughs> unknown place. And, you know, the gospel would go to India. I believe Thomas would bring the gospel to India into the Far East, um, Thomas, of course, we know him as Doubting Thomas, one of the 12, uh, but uh-huh. he took the gospel clear over there. 
So in these chapters, it's really neat to read it, um, that the servant, um, God's servant, is a light to the Gentiles, chapter 49, chapter 50, that he's Israel's hope as well, because he's the Savior of the whole world, right? So then that right there shows that God loves all people, right? Because some people think that God only loves certain people. Right. <laughs> and we see that throughout the scriptures that, yeah. you know, even if we, even when Abraham went to offer Isaac on the mountain, um, that, you know, he called that place, uh, the Lord will provide on top of Mount Moriah. And from, you know, your seed, Abraham, all the nations shall be blessed. Uh, from your seed, Abraham is going to come Messiah, and he's going to bless all the nations. And, you know, that's what Isaiah declares, uh, that his house should be a house of prayer for all the nations. You know, Jesus quoted that when he cleansed the temple. He said, "This my father's house should be a house of prayer. And, you know, what's interesting, Bianca, is during that time of Passover, the Gentiles would come to Jerusalem as well. And the reason that they came to Jerusalem during uh, Passover is because the Gentiles, uh, the Greeks, for the most part, believed in in many different gods, and they thought greater the temple, greater the God. And so the, the temple was so magnificent, and that's why you see in John's Gospel that uh, the Greeks wish to see Jesus, and, and Jesus talks to them about a seed that is buried and dies, and then it comes to life and sprouts. He's talking about, if you want to really see me, they said, we wish to see Jesus. You must see me in the light of my death and burial and resurrection. So, um, you know, it's interesting that the Jews really had a hard time, in the early church as well, that the gospel and the salvation was going to be extended to all the nations. And, of course, uh, Bianca, what is interesting is in Revelation chapter 5, in that heavenly scene, we see, I believe, the church is standing there singing that new song that he has redeemed us to God out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. That's the church, right? And the gospels for every nation, for every generation, um, and uh, he died for everyone. And he loves... He loves, you know, uh, those in all the nations, and he died for them, and we need to always keep that in mind. Yeah, all right. Well, I know you have other callers waiting, but I do have another question about another verse, but maybe I'll call tomorrow to leave room for other callers. Okay, Okay, Bianca, (laughs) really good to hear from you. All right. Bye. <laughs> God bless you. All right. We have a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Also, let me give you that text line again. Um, and uh, sometimes as we get towards the end of the show, we uh, have time to answer those text questions or those prayer requests. We can pray for those needs that are, are given. So that number is 720336 0897. You know, the book of Isaiah, as uh, she was, uh, Bianca, asking about Isaiah, such an incredible book. And uh, Isaiah talks a lot uh, about how the Messiah was going to go to the Gentiles. And, um, of course, he would, the gospel message. Let's go to Chris in Denver. Chris? Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Chris? 
I'm, I'm doing really good. I just uh, have a question. I was studying the word this morning, and I kind of came across uh, seemed to be a, a bit of a parallel uh, from, I guess it would be, I'm not at home with my Bible, but uh, I think John 5, where it says, Moses, surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then I, I think it was Ezekiel um, chapter 36, 25 to 27, where it says, um, I will sprinkle my clean water, and then they shall be cleansed from all their filthiness. And then it goes mm-hmm. on to say that I will give them a new heart and a new spirit and uh, take away their heart of stone and, and put, give them a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in them, and they will walk in my statutes and my uh, judgments. Uh, I think that's paraphrasing. But I was wondering that, you know, that if those two are parallel each other at all. Well, I, I think, first of all, John chapter 3 is what you're quoting from when Nicodemus came to see Jesus, and right. as as he did, um, I mean, think about it. Nicodemus is the master teacher of Israel, right. and he comes to see Jesus, and, and Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is confused. He's saying, what do you mean? Can a man enter you know, a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And mm-hmm. as you go through John's Gospel, what you see... Uh, there, Chris, is John chapter 3. Jesus is talking spiritual. They're thinking physical. Uh, you go into right. John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. Uh, you see that he's talking about living water, and she's going to, you know, the well is deep. How do I draw from this water? And Jesus says that if you drink of the, the water of this well, you're going to thirst again. But if you have the drink of the water that I have to give, living water, you'll never thirst again. She's thinking physical, He's talking spiritual. Uh, we know right. that in, in chapter 6, when Jesus is talking about bread that came from heaven, uh, he's, he's teaching this right after the feeding of the 5,000. They're talking about, where do we get this bread? They're coming to him right. because they're hungry again. And he's saying, listen, the bread that you ate is gone, and uh, you're going to be hungry, but I have living bread to give. So that's kind of in the context of, of what we see in John's Gospel. And then he says, and you quoted this when you asked the question, that um, that most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then I believe you are actually quoting from Isaiah, uh, uh, not from Isaiah, uh, from Jeremiah, or are you quoting from Ezekiel? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36? 25 through, I think, okay. 27. 25, okay. 26, and 27. Yeah, and I'd have to look at that more um, uh, carefully and stuff, but it sounded awful lot like the um, new um, covenant that's going to come, where he says, I'm going to write my will upon the tablets of men's heart. And um, and he uh, is, you said, 2022? 25, Ezekiel, 36, 20. 25, 26, and 27, I think. When, you know, I just thought about my driveway. I can go and look at my Bible. Make okay. Sure yeah. And, yeah, and so, so Ezekiel, I will put my 30. Spirit in you. I think that's 27, where it says that. Yeah. And um, 
But what I'm looking at is, you know, having to look at it. He talks about a time where there's going to be a new covenant that he's going to have with them, that he's going to put my spirit. It's no longer just writing on the tablets of men's heart. It's going to be, uh, or on the tablets of stone, but rather I'm going to be writing on the tablets of men's heart. So he talks about this new covenant. He talks about in Ezekiel, um, about those things that one day you're going to come to really know me because the time that Ezekiel's writing, they're in, they were in rebellion. They went off into captivity because of that rebellion. John chapter 3, Jesus is saying, listen, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. So Jesus is talking about being born again by the spirit of God and mm-hmm. coming to faith in Jesus Christ to be born again. And Nicodemus was blown away because here he is, the master teacher of Israel. He had taught all you know, his life dedicated to teaching the law, right? And mm-hmm. teaching of the sacrifices. And, and he's busy during this time that Jesus is there in Jerusalem during the feast. And, and so they had a kind of a hard time understanding that it's going to be a, a, a spiritual work, not just the work of the flesh, because so much was focused on the rituals, the sacrifices, you know, the covenant. And and Jesus is saying, I'm doing a new work. And Nicodemus would come to understand that because in John's gospel at the end, you see that Nicodemus is there taking care of the body of Jesus. And he and Joseph of Arimathea are called a secret disciple. So Ezekiel, again, not having to to just really look at all those verses, uh, Jeremiah talks about the same thing, that there's going to be a new covenant that the Lord's going to do, breathing life into them. It's a work of the Spirit. And yeah. um, and so I think that's what's being emphasized there. So I hopefully that helps. Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, and uh, Lord Absolutely. bless you. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your calling. Okay. So, good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Have a good evening. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Fix. Good questions. You know, what really blesses me is when I'm um, hearing people like Chris and and uh, Bianca, they're reading their Bibles, they got questions, and they're good, solid questions. And that's what this show is about, to help you kind of sort it through and think about some things. And um, it, it's just a real blessing to be a part of that. Well, let's go to uh, Liz in Denver. Liz? Hi, Pastor. How are well, you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Um, so question is, is um, reaping and sowing, where it says, you know, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, for whatsoever you reap, that whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. Where right. does consequences fall in that? Like consequences well, of what we've done in our past? stuff like that. Well, I think that as Paul is writing, and you're quoting from Galatians, um, I believe chapter 5, is it? Um, I believe so. I can't remember. No, or chapter chapter 5 or 6, but I'll find it here. I'll pull it up. No, it's chapter 6. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches, and don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, so he shall also reap. And I think there's um, a couple things in that. You also aligned it with, is it dealing with consequences of sin? 
uh, I think it can be that because um, whatever it is that you sow, there's going to be a harvest that's going to come up. When it comes to sin, uh, and it's a loving father that says, don't sin. Um, And here in Galatians, listen, God is not mocked. Don't think that you can sin and that there are not going to be any consequences or there's going to be, you know, repercussions that happen. Because whatever a man sows, so shall he also reap. So if you're sowing, you know, to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap corruption, as he goes on to say. But one who sows to the Spirit will reap, the Spirit reap everlasting life. We, when we sin, when we continue in sin, there's going to be repercussions and consequences of that sin. We can have forgiveness. We go to the Lord. We ask for forgiveness we are forgiven, but we still suffer those consequences of what happens. So it's a very important that we understand that what it is that you're sowing, you know, today, that you're going to end up reaping tomorrow or next week or a month from now or whatever. And yeah, I think I... that the, yeah, the warning here from Scripture is don't think you're getting away with anything because you're not. You're not getting away with anything. And sometimes Christians are mistaken in thinking that they can can be involved in compromise or sin or rebellion, and nothing's happening, so God either doesn't care or God doesn't see or God can't do anything about it. And that's three mistakes that Christians or anybody makes. God does see. God calls us to repent. And we can't mistake his his patience and his long suffering with his approval. And he's not gonna bless that sin. And when it is sin, there's consequences for it that will happen. And we see it all the time in people's lives, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So like when he says that he forgives their sin and, you know, throws them to the end of the ocean, to the deepest part of the ocean, never to remember it again. If he's not remembering it again, then wouldn't that, like, eliminate consequences of whatever he's forgiven? No, it it doesn't. We can be forgiven, but there still can be consequences of what happens because of sin. For example, I go into a store, uh, I steal, you know, I get caught. I realize it's wrong. Lord, forgive me, but there's going to be consequences of maybe being thrown in jail. Um, So there's still consequences that happen with sin, and that's why I go back to what I said, that the Lord says, listen, don't sin, don't compromise, because you're going to end up getting hurt. So there's forgiveness, um, but there's consequences that can happen. If you are, for example, in a marriage unfaithful, you can be forgiven for that, but the consequences may be great. Um, it may do, and it will do, great damage to that to that uh, marriage. Um, so sin will bring those consequences, even though there is forgiveness. Does that make sense? Yes. So th- that's what we need to remember. The repercussions and consequences is different. God forgives us, but there's still going to be consequences and repercussions because of sin. Um, and 
we need to always remember that. So that's why he says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever man sows, that he will reap. And if you're sowing unto the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. So that's why it's so imperative. And, you know, we're all sinners, but it's imperative for us to every day, Lord, I don't want to walk in sin. I don't want to compromise um, because sin can bring repercussions and and the consequences that come from it. And depending what sin it is, it can be very great. Okay? Hey, thanks. Appreciate you calling, Liz. So we're going to go to break, the only break of the show, and we're going to be back, and we got a couple open lines. Hoot, if you're waiting, I'll get to you right after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So glad to be with you. We had a great first half, great questions, and love it when people are just studying the Word of God and have questions uh, I think that the great need in the church today is for us to be studying the Word of God and uh, to be learning the Word of God. And it's such a blessing to be able to do that and have a show here where uh, you get to call in and ask questions. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you uh, about the things of the Lord, to answer your questions the best I know how. And there is a text line. That number is 720336 0897. Want to welcome again everybody who's tuned in to Calvary Live, uh, whether it's Grace FM or on the East Coast. Love to hear from you guys on the East Coast uh, from Hope and Truth FM. Give me uh, a, a ring and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Also, the online listeners as well. You can call that number anywhere in the United States and uh, on the show. So, um, as we are entering into, we just had a holiday weekend. And we're entering into the summer season. And I know that it's a time where we love to get away. And maybe some of you are uh, planning vacation uh, as we head into June, July, August uh, to get away and be refreshed and renewed. But I want to encourage you to make sure you take the Lord with you. Uh, It's always a blessing to be able to do that. Um, It's exciting uh, to get away from work, get away from the routine uh, maybe perhaps some of you will be camping uh, as you love to get outdoors here in Colorado. Uh, we loved our mountains, but make sure that you are staying uh, close to the Lord. You take him with you, uh, that you remain in fellowship. That's why I think that a midweek study is so important. And we have a Wednesday night service here at Greeley uh, that you can come and we study God's word and we worship the Lord and We're currently in the book of Revelation, and it's such an incredible study as we're going to see those seven seals begin to be opened up. And as I was uh, doing some reading and and studying for uh, chapter 6 that we're going to start to look at tomorrow, it really is sobering uh, that uh, all this, um, you know, is documented in the Bible, what's going to happen, and it's to prepare us. It's for our benefit 
And I'm so grateful that the Lord is going to come and take us Christians out before that tribulation period. Uh, It was the promise to the church at Philadelphia that the Lord said to them, that I will take you out of and away from the hour tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. But uh, we want to be able to uh, see those events, and um, it will help us to minister to others when people see this world unraveling, that we see the rumblings of those things taking place right now. Jesus said that there would be signs, and we can tell people that this world is going to come to an end as we know it, and Jesus Christ is going to come and establish his kingdom. So um, if you got any questions about uh, perhaps the second coming, the end times, uh, give me a call. love to talk to you. we got some open lines, 303-690-3000, and uh, let's uh, go to the Word of God together. Well, Hoot has been patiently waiting from Greeley. Hoot? Yeah, I'm here. How are you, Hoot? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Hoot. And I have a, I I don't know if it's really a question or not, but it's about tithing. Okay. And I've, I've listened to several people that are, they're doing their best. They're trying to use scripture to get away from it because they say that Jesus doesn't tell his disciples in the New Testament to tithe, which is true. Um, My understanding is that tithing was initiated when they did get into the Promised Land, and the Levites did not get an inheritance like the other tribes did because they were given to priesthood, taking care of the tabernacle and the, the... religious end of it and all that. So everybody said, well, it's outdated. We don't have to do that anymore. Well, and my my response to that is, yes, but the, the rich young man asked Jesus what he must do to get into heaven. And he said, well, keep the commandments. And he said, well, I do that. And he said, what else must I do? And he said, sell what you have and give it to the poor. So you'd be better, way better off giving 10% than yeah. what Jesus demanded of them if, the, if I, money is that important to you. Right. And I think, Hoot, there's an overall picture in all this. And um, the issue with the, the rich young ruler was um, that there was a problem there. There was a problem there of hanging on to that which he had. And, and right. of course, you know, Hoot, that Jesus wasn't saying that you have to give everything away to enter the kingdom of heaven, because then everybody that, that receives that, they have to give everything away so they can enter into the kingdom of heaven. But I think what Jesus was pressing upon was there's a problem with your life, and that is that your possessions are possessing you, your heart, yes. and they're the priority. Yep. And I think that brings it to kind of this bigger issue of, Giving and sometimes Christians have a hard time giving, and for various reasons. Sometimes Christians have a hard time giving because they were a part of a ministry that that's all they did. They pushed people to give. You know, the whole ministry was about giving and plant your seed faith. So we see a lot of bad examples and teachings 
on giving, and we need to look at the Scripture, and you quoted some of it, that in the Old Testament, and we're not under the law, but in the Old Testament, not only did they they gave, you know, the tithe is mentioned there, and of course in Malachi, it is, you know, after the captivity, the last book of the Old Testament, that the Lord, he rebuked them for number one, that they were giving bad sacrifices. They were supposed to give the best of their flock, and they were right. giving the the worst of their flock, the ones who were sick. And yep. so the, the Lord desires for us to give us the very best. A lot of times when it comes to giving, whatever it might be, that the Lord gets the leftovers. Second of all, he says that you are stealing from me, and they're saying, what do you mean we've robbed from you? And Jesus and the Lord said, because of the tithe, uh, you kept to yourself. And then the Lord, right. the only area where he says, test me in, is when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing. Right. It's yep. interesting, isn't it? That's the only area. So we know that the Lord desires for us to give. He desires for us um, to uh, to tithe, and that's, uh, again, an Old Testament um, law that was given to them that they were to tithe, and the Lord says, you know, I'll open the storehouse of heaven, and you'll see that I'm going to provide for you. So there, there was an attitude of heart that was wrong uh, that was taking place. Not only did they tithe hoot, but they gave a temple tax. They would give a part of their first fruits. Oh yeah, it's a whole lot more than ten percent. Yeah, actually, (laughs) I think when you figured it up, there's one commentator that said it was more like twenty five percent. So fast forward to the New Testament. What is given to us in the New Testament? Because there are those, as you're hearing, who say that that you know tithings the Old Testament were not under the law. Well, uh, we can give them that, but the Lord still desires for us to give, doesn't He? And Paul Amen. the Apostle, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he would write to them about, follow the example of the, the churches in Macedonia. He, he was going to receive a collection. He's going to go to Jerusalem to give to the saints that are really suffering at that time. And so he's going through the churches of Greece. He goes through the churches of Macedonia, that is Philippi uh, and Thessalonica, and he commends them, the example that they gave, because they were given out of their poverty. Uh, they were churches that were persecuted. Uh, the Church of Philippi was a church that gave freely. Uh, Paul, when he writes the epistle, the book of uh, Philippians, from jail, from Rome, he commends them, he thanks them for their support of him. That's one of the reasons right. why he wrote the letter. And he says that you know, it's for the furtherance of the gospel, and what you have given that I've been freed up to to preach the gospel, and the fruit that comes from that is is given to your account. So when we give, there's like a spiritual account that we have in heaven. Some people don't like that analogy, but I think it's a good analogy. When we give, we're investing in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, don't store up your treasures here on earth where, you know, thieves can break in and steal and it rust and and all of this, but invest in the kingdom of God. Now, as we look at the Holy Scripture, we're not told that we can't invest anything in on this earth or save money or save for retirement. There are those that go 
to that far extreme. But the priority is investing in the kingdom of heaven. Because I heard one guy say once that the returns are out of this world. And it's true. So he commends, you know, the churches at Macedonia. And in Second Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, he's talking about that. And he says, but he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. This is Second Corinthians yep. chapter 9. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. And so the the guidelines for the New Testament giver is that he is to give, not grudgingly, freely, and God loves a cheerful giver, so he wants us to give freely, cheerfully. That means a hilarious, that word cheerfully, hilarious giver. Yep. And we are to give out of, it doesn't mean that when I make this amount of money, I'll give. Um, he says, you give as you purpose in your heart. So I think it's a heart issue, Hoot. Uh, th- yeah, that's like, what Paul like, is getting at. Yeah, Like and the widow and her two mites. Yeah, exactly. And Jesus, he just got through talking to the people when the uh, religious leaders tried to trap him. And they they trapped him and, and said, should we pay taxes? He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. Render to God the things that are God. And it, sometimes we get so focused on render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. Yes, we pay taxes, but we forget about render to things to God that belong to God. And yep. he gets up, he crosses the Temple Mount area, he sees in the court of the women, this woman at, is at the end of the day, putting in two mites, um, and he commends her. So, you know, we are to give freely, we are to give cheerfully, we are to give whatever it is that is given to us, knowing that we can't outgive God. A tithe right. is a is a good, good guideline to give a tithe that we see in the scriptures. But, you know, that's up to the individual as he purposes in his heart. And I know for even us as a church, we in a way tithe 10%. Um, and, you know, that goes to giving to the community. That goes to giving to missions, buying well, yeah, Bibles, the, um, things like that. The Levites, and, the Levites even had to, the 10% that you get, you give 10% back. <laughs> that, that's yeah. in Numbers 29, 18, I think it is. Yeah, so and when when you get your ties, you give it. And since I've been going to Calvary Chapel, and and it's been a, ble- a mighty blessing to me. And I've come to understand that God owns everything. I mean, everything. Like Psalm fifty says, "If I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you, because I own everything." <laughs> I own the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. You know, right, you are right. mine. And, and yeah, it it all belongs to the Lord. It isn't that ten percent belongs to you, Lord, and then the rest is mine. It all belongs to the Lord. But I think for people who are listening, who to encourage them that the Lord does want us to invest in the kingdom of God and to Amen. give freely and willingly. And you know, I don't want people. Um, in 23 years of this church, I've never asked for money. 
because I want I people know that. to that's give. A, and that's why yeah. I like Calvary Chapel Greeley. <laughs> well, well, all Calvary Chapels are that way. And, and you know, yeah, and yes. It, and that, yeah, I, it, I love giving because and yeah. I, I think that's one of my gifts because it doesn't bother me. It's not my money. It's God's. Yeah. And that is one of and the I, gifts mentioned in the Book of Romans. But who there's nothing wrong with the church taking an offering for some that's a that's a moment of worship and and I think that's good but I unfortunately there's been terrible examples of ministries yes. that rip people off that push that that's yep. all what they're about is giving and seed faith and for the sake of the listener out there give because you're investing in the kingdom of God and one of the things that we have found is we cannot outgive God and he provides Amen. for us. And and it's amazing to watch that. And I want to invest in the kingdom of God because I know that what I do for Christ, that's what's going to last. And we're to be good stewards of what the Lord has given to us. And I want to encourage, yep. you know, for anyone who maybe um, is like holding back. And I know that, you know, at the end of the month, sometimes it's tight and stuff. Do really pray through that, and it's the only area where the Lord says, "Test me in this area." And um, but you're to give freely, willingly, um, not grudgingly, yep. as purposed in your heart, and that's the guideline. All right, who? Thanks. I I know personally myself that it, and I, I found it true because I give, and and God has taken care of me and blessed me richly, and and I really appreciate it, and. God bless you, so go on with your other callers. I'll see you Sunday. Thanks, who Appreciate it. Always good to talk you. to you and see you. So right. we do have open lines, and um, I wish I had another caller, but I don't have one right now. So quick, if you want to ask a question, give me a call at 303-690-3000, and uh, we may go to our text line. Uh, here in just a minute, 720-336-0897. When it comes to this whole area of giving, that can be a subject that's a little bit touchy. Um, and uh, But, you know, I want to encourage you, invest in the kingdom of God. And as the Lord leads you and guides you, and um, he desires for us to give. And, and Paul is saying that to the Corinthians. And here were churches that were given out of their poverty. They were given out of their persecution. Uh, they were giving out of um, just their uh, heart's desire to see the kingdom of God go forward. And Paul says in, to the Philippian believers, man, uh, this is going to be added to your account, and uh, you're going to be blessed. And, and what we invest in the kingdom, there's no better investment. And uh, he says to them, not that I seek the gift, this is in chapter 4 of Philippians, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And so he he has that. Um, so anyway, um, it's uh, something that is, um, you know, I want to encourage you in and pray about it. And, and I think we got a, maybe another question or a comment on tithing. Let's go to Stephen and Cheyenne. Stephen? Yes. Uh, just hey, piggybacking Stephen. on that last, yeah. uh, last caller. Um, I was... Uh, Years ago, you know, I was trying to get my wife in on tithing, and the verse I used was the one in Malachi where God says, "Put me to the test." Well, right. Lately, you know, lately I've been, you know, I was reading it again. I thought, well, man, the context of that is he's talking to the Hebrews, 
Right. Can can I really use that as far as uh, you know being a uh, New Testament Gentile? Is that promise even does that even extend to me? Yeah. yeah or is and, that and just to the Hebrews? Well, and I think that when you go through the Old Testament. Um, there's a lot of Christians that think we don't need to study the Old Testament uh, because we're not under the law. And that's kind of, you know, um, we're under New Testament. Um, And same with the tithe that was given to them. But I think that there's a principle there that we can apply to ourselves. Um, That, yes, that the Lord says, um, you know, uh, bring to all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. For it will I not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it? So, yeah, that was spoken to the country, to the nation in the Old Testament. But I think there is application to be made for us. Now, unfortunately, there have been those who have taken these verses and said, just plant your seed faith, and you're going to receive a hundredfold. You know, you're going to be wealthy, and it's interesting that those who teach, the prosperity teachers, that you need to give to my ministry. Uh, I even get letters here at church, you know, hey, you know, Pastor Figs, or sometimes I remember one time I got a letter from a faith uh, teacher that said, uh, you know, it was addressed, Jeff Figs, Calvary Chapel Greeley, hey, Mr. Chapel. You know, I I really care about you, Mr. <laughs> Chapel. You know, and it's like, yeah, you really do. Send me a yeah. seed faith, and you know, and we'll pray for you, and you'll receive a hundredfold. And I wanted to write back and say, listen, I want to bless you, so why don't you send me a seed faith, <laughs> and then you'll yeah. be blessed a hundredfold. So unfortunately, there have been those who have taken this out, completely out of context with giving, and that if you give, you're going to be rich. And they even say this. I, I think the thing to remember is, number one, there's an eternal reward that's going to be given. Um, and then second of all, what better investment than invest in the kingdom of God? Because those that is eternal. And to store up your treasure in heaven. And uh, for me, uh, if I'm not giving to the Lord, then what I'm doing is hanging on to things that are going to burn up and go away. And I don't want to hang on to things too much. I want to keep an eternal perspective. And I know that God will bless, and um, he's not a debtor to any man um, or any church or any ministry, but he will take that. And um, I think that you'll see blessing, and he promises to provide for us. And um, he honors that. And I think that you can take that principle there, um, Stephen, and and that you can, you know, apply it. So, okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I hope that helps. So, is it, an it encouragement. Does. It does. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Bye. hey, you guys. Hey, Stephen. Stephen got away from me, but let's go to Brandon and Cheyenne. Brandon. Hey, Pastor. How you doing today? Good, man. You know, Stephen was just calling from Cheyenne. You guys have been getting hail and stuff up there, haven't you? Oh, man, yesterday was insane. I tell you what, anything from little pea-sized hail to there was a lady on Facebook that posted one that was the size of a softball. So it was everything in between that. So it was insane. Wow. It's been rough. It's 
been rough so between here. It has, but you know what? We need the moisture in the ground anyway because I like green grass. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate um, you so calling. I, well, I had actually called um, probably a couple of months ago. I was getting ready to go into a 40-day fast. And I believe it was you that I spoke with on um, some scriptures that I needed and stuff. And the fast was incredible. My my God showed me a lot about my wife and stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I'm calling today is um, I learned a lot about my wife and about how she, how I could go deeper with her. But it seems like it's very difficult trying to peel back those top layers in order to be able to get to the center. Um, uh-huh. You know, we, we had a conversation uh, a little bit of a disagreement last night, too, on some certain things when it came to um, intimacy as far as everything from physical to um, to intellectual to spiritual to, you know, every aspect. And it just seems, you know, there's been some things that have happened in both of our pasts. And so it seems like there's times where she throws walls up and I'm doing everything that I feel like I can to try to get through to her and to reassure her. And, and I know, Pastor, that it takes years sometimes, especially for women that have been hurt, uh, especially yeah. multiple times. Um, but I'm just looking for some prayer, and I'm looking for some advice, any kind of help that I can get to basically rekindle the flame that was once in our marriage that has been kind of, you know, simmered down a little bit just by a lot of the right. stuff that has happened between us. and life happening fast. We've got three kids that we had at one time that were all under three years old. And so, um, you know, just, just asking for a little bit of prayer and some direction on, you know, and I know know, each situation is different and I know that there's a lot of books out there and all that stuff, but I'm just asking God for wisdom, um, on how to deal with the situation with my wife specifically and be the humble husband I need to be. Yeah. I think the two verses that come to me, Brandon, hopefully this is uh, help, and then a lot of prayer is, number one, we're told to live with our wives in an understanding way. And right. that means that the things that are important to her need to be to you. So right now there's a lot of listening. There's a lot of praying with her, living with her in an understanding way. Sometimes as men, um, you know, we want to kind of, um, we're not sensitive to listening to them. And then love her as Christ loves the church, which means that you serve her. Um, you serve her constantly. And the things that are important to her need to be important to you. And I know for, for, for you know, me that I'm called to do that, to, you know, Christ loved us in that he said, I didn't come to be served, but be the servant of all. He laid down his life. He, he loves us unconditionally. He's full of compassion and long-suffering and patience. And that's all part of 1 Corinthians 13. So just pray through those things. Help me be patient to serve my wife, to listen to her, to live in an understanding way, and and to be in prayer. And I think that as you continue to do that, um, you know, one of the things that happens is then the trust starts coming back and the relationship starts to grow and the intimacy will follow in that because that should be a result of your relationship. Um, and so that's what I would say to you in the few minutes that we have together uh, here on the radio is you serve her, listen to her, 
and right. you pray for her. And let's pray for, for you right now. Father, I just pray for uh, Brandon as we have a few minutes left. I'm calling from Cheyenne, and he is moving forward and growing in uh, their marriage and their love. But, Lord, we know that um, the barriers that are there can be frustrating. So, Lord, I just pray you be with Brandon, hoping to be the man of God that you called him to be, to serve his wife, to listen to her, to live with her in an understanding way, to be patient with her, to wash her with the water of the word as you instruct us to do that, to be that leader that you've called him to be, and, Lord, that you would begin to do the restoring that needs to be done, uh, the building up of the trust, um, the the intimacy that would follow. And, Lord, give patience to Brandon. Uh, give wisdom to him. Um, and, Lord, um, just be with him every single day. And I pray that you would rekindle that love just as Jesus' ministry to us is he does not break a bruised reed. He doesn't quench a smoking flax. And so, Lord, that you would rekindle that, that, that fire, that you would bring healing to that which is bruised, and that you would help Brandon to do that as well in his actions and uh, everything towards his wife. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen Brandon. Be praying for you, brother. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for everybody calling today on Calvary Live. It's so good to talk to you. God bless you. Sorry we didn't get to everybody, uh, but we'll be back next time uh, at the same time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.